With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Game Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Seen. We're presented by The Athletic. Today on the show, Matt Penny is back in the building for the second part of our college coaching jobs ranking. Penny, we went so long on the last one. It's a lot to go through, though. So I figured we'd come back for uh, a little bit of a second part here. We were going something like four minutes per school, and I figured this would be a good like hour-long podcast for us. Uh, the top 12 coaches uh, coaching jobs in college basketball. That'd be funny. If I made you rank the top 25 coaches in college basketball that would be even funnier because uh i I would need like somebody not for me (laughs) i would need a direct line to your text messages i feel like no 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 that would be bad it's good we're we're doing part two i I do feel like i never left and it's just a a very grassroots basketball feel of kind of two in a day you got a cliffhanger ending and hopefully after listening to the last podcast it riled up enough people but they know the teams that were remaining and they're they're saving their their real hatred toward both of us for after when this one posts. So this is a very difficult list to put together. I will say though, the reason that we cut it off at twelve was that I personally felt that there is like a bit of a line when you go from thirteen to twelve. Like I thought that that's where the tier breakdown was. To be honest, how, how do you feel about that? Yeah, looking at it, it's probably we probably have two tiers left, and uh, I want to say we probably covered the the third tier and and all elite. So let's not get crazy about saying this is a third rate job or not. These are all outstanding jobs. These are just the top twelve or so that fall in that echelon of of one and two. Do we want to do like a quick little run through again? I'll leave, I'll give you the floor to do this of the things that we're looking at for uh, when yeah, it comes absolutely. to rating jobs. Yeah, it's it's imperfect. Let's let's start there. But it was more program history, what the head coaches paid, location of the school, conference affiliation, fan attendance, if multiple coaches have won there. And ultimately, job security. Yeah. Budget in general as well, I think, is a good one. Like, how much money does the university have, period? Um, You know, fan base, again, is an enormous one. Recruiting base is an enormous one. Um, Just a a lot of different things to run through. And I I think that uh, I'll I'll be very interested to see what the response was to that podcast because we're recording back to back here. Um, I don't know how angry I made (laughs) all of you. Yeah. I, I will assume yeah. that all of you are just very kind and being very uh, positive in my mentions. Um, you know what the funny thing about about you is, though, is because you are on the other side of the globe and you're whatever, 10 hours different. You can you post and then you can go to bed and then you wake up around like four o'clock 
um, I don't say American time, but East Coast time. And and you must be like flooded when you open up Twitter and the the bell has a, a million notifications. So you don't have to like deal with it in real time. As like they trickle in, like here's three, here's five, here's ten. You get hit with it all at once. So like here's the thing. I've been looking at Twitter a lot less recently. Um, it's been great. <laughs> like, I, I really enjoy interfacing with people, but man, has it been great not to see that negativity all the time? But uh, you don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I well, really it's, appreciate it's 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 the yeah it's the Batman thing, right? So you die and be a hero, or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. It's like we're all going to become the villain in the podcasting world, and maybe this is the one that that pushes you over the top. But if you don't read the negative stuff, you, it can never really set in either. It wasn't negative well, if I didn't hear it. I really appreciate everyone who is very positive in my mentions and is very kind and uh, you know just just doesn't try to bring people down. Having said that, <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah they're. the NC State fans are coming, Matt. <laughs> like, <laughs> coming after you. We we know your list, that. Your show. I'm just a, I'm just a guest here. Uh, I don't know. I don't even have a, a title. This is the Sam Vecini Game Theory Podcast. So I Pack Pride's it, coming say, for us. Say, oh, I had him 12th. <laughs> I had him 12th. Sam bumped it down. He was the one who put it there. Oh, my God. Penny, what, where is UMass on this list? Uh, ju- just outside, 26th. I, I did my best to contain myself when we, when we did talk about Syracuse, how UMass is the only team ever to beat him twice in a single season at the Carrier Dome. I, I bit my tongue, <laughs> but now that we're part two, I, I need to I need to mention it. That's my fun tidbit of the day. Oh, man. UMass would be... It uh, happened because we played him in the regular season, and then the NIT, they hosted a game, so we had to go there and we beat him again. Yeah, that's uh, that's beautiful. Wait, were you on the team when that happened? I was, yeah. It's my, my fifth year, my last hurrah. God, did you? Pl- you might have played in those games then. If it was your fifth year, no shot, no, no. I think I played in two games my fifth year. Blowouts, blowouts, and one was senior night. Uh, yeah, of course there are blowouts. I don't know if I said this before, but on senior night they they gave you like the frame jersey, and um, I had two of them. So I, I told the coach, I said, "Look, coach, I don't, I don't really want to do senior night again. I did it. I don't want it to be a thing." No, you're going out there. Go out there. So there's like four other guys and me, and they have their frame jerseys, and they gave me a clock. So <laughs> there's my teammates holding their frame jerseys, like putting their finished basements one day, and I, I'm holding this like little handheld clock that says Matt Penny UMass. Are, are we talking like a Flava Flav clock, like a clock necklace? Nah, it wasn't a necklace, but it was probably like that size. Yeah, you know, like a, like a really tiny grandfather clock that you put on like your desk or something <laughs> oh my god I yeah love it. it's love it all, so all, all the the layers unravel on the pod is is this like a clock that was made for you or was this like a clock that was just randomly in an yeah no it, it wasn't like that was a target being like yeah can you grab a clock for penny i don't know i gotta hand him something no it, it said like matt penny umass basketball or whatever graduate senior what are you still doing oh, no, on the back side says what are you still doing here why are you paying for a fifth year dummy <laughs> oh my god um okay so let's dive in number 12 the michigan wolverines so i think people might be a little bit surprised to see michigan over like more traditional basketball powers like villanova or connecticut or syracuse or georgetown the thing about the michigan job though is that so many people now have had like a very real track record of success um like Steve Fisher goes and like recruits the Fab Five and leads them to the national title game. John Beeline uh, leads them to a national title game. Jawan Howard uh, 
leads them to a number one seed and uh where i can't even remember where they went did they go to the elite eight this year yeah they went to the yeah, elite they, eight they, they lost with the uh, the air ball yeah yeah so we're now at the point where this is kind of a self-sustaining job almost and i think that that's really 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 uh an important part of why i think the michigan job is as high level as it is in addition to that uh i will just note that like this has every resource you could want like just every single resource uh in terms of money in terms of um like budget it has like a pretty real recruiting base because of Detroit. Like it's a really, really high level job. I think all these big 10 ones, I'm just going to defer to your expertise because being a, a big 10 guy also as the sustainability thing you talked about, number one recruiting class in the country for next year too. Jawan Howard, when he's hired, it was kind of, eh, can he, can he work the NBA thing? And he's, he's done so in way exceed expectations if that's even possible and now bring in even higher level guys they average twelve thousand fans a night the pay is is good and on par with the the upper tier of that league uh i liked it a little bit more than michigan state but they're they're right there neck and neck yeah it's interesting and we'll talk about that versus michigan state here in a minute but um like the michigan brand is just like national like it is something that people care about across the country. And I think that that's a big reason why Jawan Howard has been able to go out and recruit in the way that he's been able to hit the ground running recruiting. Um, yeah, just a very, very high level job, I think. Like, no question about that. And it's authentic, too, because sometimes you have a coach come in and he's selling the, the past and what they've done. Like, Jawan Howard was the Fab Five. Like, yeah, you know those guys that, that changed being cool in, in college basketball? Like, that was us. Yep. And to, to be able to go into a living room but also sell that he's a former NBA player and the guys that they brought in, it's it's not a, a difficult thing. We can also throw out that the best football player of all time, Tom Brady, went to Michigan. There's just every available resource you can have. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that this tier also runs from like 12 to 7 because I, I think that – and we're gonna you're going to see that there are a lot of these Big Ten jobs in this range. Um, basically, all of these four top Big Ten jobs I think are very, very close. Like you you can make a real case for just about any of them, I think. Uh, I totally agree with that. And there's a, a couple coming up here which others may disagree with, and I, I don't – necessarily think they're wrong either this was more difficult from getting from here to five than i think it was getting from 20 to 12 yeah i agree with that we we flipped this range from like six to 12 a lot it's just really really hard i think to kind of navigate all of these schools and all of the different things they bring to the table so number 11 is michigan state um michigan state really cares about basketball like michigan state basketball is the show in town um even ahead of football even though the football program has had very real success and while tom Izzo is synonymous with michigan state basketball in a real way michigan state also has a real track record of success beyond tom Izzo. it's not just tom Izzo that has had the like level of uh level of success even though Tom Izzo certainly um, winning, you know, or going to nine Final Fours or whatever he's gone to, uh, is the big, you know, catalyst here. Having said that, Judd Heathcote was the coach before Tom Izzo was there for twenty years, had Magic Johnson, um, yes, that and won a national championship. So, like, Michigan State has a real, like, 
50 year track record of success at this point and i think is deserving of like a like in within this like second tier of jobs like being in that second tier of jobs and the the support is unwavering i i guess you could say at 14,000 fans a night i'm a little i'm more worried about who the the next guy would be to follow tom izzo than i mm-hmm. would at michigan i guess because he we are kind of getting into this iconish range of of guys as we get toward the top and it'll still obviously be an attractive job i just don't know who's gonna slip in and try to fill those shoes yeah and i think that's definitely right um the thing that i will also mention about michigan state is when you talk to coaches in the big 10 like the two places that i feel like i hear most that you don't want to go play even like above indiana like I hear coaches not like going to Michigan State and having to play in the Breslin Center and not liking to have to go to Purdue and play because Mackey Arena also gets extremely loud. Like th- those yeah. are the two above all that I hear like just exceptionally difficult to go win there. The is zone, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's real. Uh, Wisconsin's also a really good one. Like, you know, Wisconsin and Purdue, like just barely missed our list. Like, I think that you can really make a case for either of those two. Um, Rutgers is also like a random one that Big Ten coaches talk about. But the two that I hear absolutely are um, Michigan State and then um, Purdue is also a really tough place to play. So. I think that the fact that it's as hard as a place to play as it is, the track record is as long as it is. Um, multiple coaches have had this ridiculous level of success. It's very clearly like a second tier um, top, you know, 12 job in the country of the elite of the elite. You always have to kind of right. <laughs> add the asterisk. So the, the pitchforks aren't thrown at you too. Yeah. Okay. Number 10. So we're into the top 10 now. Arizona. Top 10. Yes. Arizona just hired Tommy Lloyd. You take the lead on Arizona because I think that it's almost everything that you're looking for from a job, especially given that there is a relative dearth of jobs that are this high level on the West Coast. I like them as a a great spot on the West Coast. The school believes they have the resources. They want you to be good. They have 13,000 fans a night. They really paid Sean Miller. I don't know what tommy lloyd's contract is but i'm sure it's it's on par toward the the upper tier of this lute olsen won there sean miller he, he was kind of dogged a little bit for not making the final four when he was there but he still won we've gone over that on past pods multiple pac-12 titles and i believe tommy lloyd should win there of it can be a, a destination place and you can dip into the talent rich area like california to get guys and has enough of a national appeal that you can get guys on the East Coast, too, that will pop up and end up at Arizona. So the thing with Arizona is that it has now multiple coaches, very clearly. Like, Lute Olson is pretty synonymous with Arizona. And Arizona, like, look, it's not an exaggeration to say that they had a, a, bit, of a bit of a questionable transition out of the Lute Olsen era <laughs> well they they did and, and as soon as I was, the words would come out my mouth like get a kid from new york you know okay i'm all right you can get a kid nationally uh yeah they they had some hiccups yes yeah like we've we've got kevin o'neill uh we've got russ pinnell uh by the way shout out that russ pinnell year they went to the sweet 16 if i remember correctly right people sne- people sneaky forget about that too yeah 
Yeah, like, and then Sean takes over, and they kind of take off again, right? They go to, God, I think three Elite Eights, two other Sweet Sixteens, um, really, really impressive run, and then the bottom kind of fell out due to the NCAA stuff here, and they've just now started to kind of figure their shit out again, but multiple high-level track records of success here, Um you know, Lute Olsen won a title, went to another national championship game. Uh, the history is absolutely real. Uh, the pros that they can sell, very real. Um, the facilities, like everyone that goes to Arizona says that, like, it's an unbelievable place. Like, going to Tucson, like, it, look, people in Tucson care about the Suns, but, like, it's still Tucson. Like, it's the only game in town for uh, the University of Arizona. So, yeah, I think this is a really high-level job. I think that uh, the fact that it's in an easier league, which let's just be real about it, like Pac-12, if you're a coach, going to the Pac-12 is more attractive than having to compete against all those good coaches in the Big Ten. Um, I think that's what pushed it just slightly over Michigan and Michigan State for me. Yeah, and as I'm trying to word this correctly here, it's not the we were kind of knocking Gonzaga a little bit for their league being winnable, but also as a downfall like the Pac-12 had a, a great year this year as a whole late as it came on with with UCLA and, and Oregon State especially and USC had their moments so th- there's going to be quality wins that you get and quality games you get every single season you don't have to worry about just running through the league from top to bottom and I don't have the, the numbers in front of me but the draft thing's a good point too it seemed for a long run there that every year every other year Arizona had a kid that was in the first round or slated to be the first round. They were never lacking for talent. Okay. The next school is also a Pac-12 school. Number nine, UCLA. You had UCLA a little bit higher than this. The reason that I pushed you to move UCLA a bit lower, despite the track record of success and despite the fact that it's in beautiful, sunny Los Angeles, uh, if not my favorite place on the earth, uh, probably in the top five, uh, Los Angeles is just beautiful. God, I miss you, Los Angeles. I'm happy to be in Melbourne, but God, <laughs> that's an too. aside. Yeah. Um, UCLA's athletic department with the kind of ill-fated Under Armour deal and the resources that they have from the former pros like Kevin Love and uh, Russell Westbrook have really input money into the program. They have beautiful practice facilities. Those are great. The Under Armour deal, they got it, didn't necessarily work out as well as they were hoping, I think. Having said that, I don't mean to take shots here at the UCLA fan base, but like it's a little bit fickle um, in terms mm. of if they're not great, then it can turn into a circumstance where people tend not to get to the uh, game on time and will just kind of filter in. And the atmosphere isn't as awesome. Uh, Having said that, like when Lonzo was there, that place was fucking rocking and it was awesome (laughs) and it ruled. Like it was amazing. But like you go to Michigan State, like Michigan State's going to be fucking crazy if they're this year. You know what I mean? Um, if they're this year's no, level of... You have more TV. options in Los Angeles, I would argue. You do. More social options, yeah. That is indeed correct. <laughs> that is um, a fact. It's, uh, 
it's a great job. It, the location's amazing. You have incredible access to incredible players. Um, you know, the fan base, the history is incredible. Like Jim Herrick won a title there. Ben Howland took oh, the yeah. team to three straight final fours. Um, you know, you've, Kareem, you have Bill Walton, you have all of the guys who are in the NBA right now, like Drew Holiday that played at UCLA. Um, I think that the the weather, the location is the selling point over Arizona, in my opinion. But man, I, I will say this too: like you're going to feel the heat if you don't win, you don't go to the Sweet Sixteen, you don't go to the Final Four, like very quickly. You're going to feel the heat at UCLA because those uh, those expectations are real. Yeah, when you have 11 national championships and John Wooden's success and pyramid of success, and there's different athletic department people now, but we could do a, a whole different podcast on the Ben Holland experience and the success he had there, and I guess it still wasn't up to that standard. You checked all the boxes I had. It, it's just always going to be considered a blue blood, especially for me. West Coast power out in the Pac-12. It's going to be, I'm not saying it's the best job in the country by any means, but when you start talking about the best jobs, it has to be in that top handful. Okay. The next one is Ohio State. People are going to look at this and go, why the fuck is Ohio State ahead of UCLA? (laughs) Because you went there, right? Probably. Um, Here's the thing about Ohio State. You have literally everything you could ever want in terms of resources, like every single thing imaginable that you want in terms of money, in terms of budget, in terms of um, practice facilities, in terms of just every single little thing that you need, you're going to get it at Ohio State. They, they will pay whatever the money is because they have so much money from the football program and from like all of these different little like monetary like things that they come in that are able to come in that it is just an un believable advantage on top of that similar to texas if you're not great at ohio state like it's pretty okay like you're gonna get real job security and patience at that job to kind of figure things out if you don't come in and just hit the ground running like at indiana you're gonna have to come in and hit the ground running immediately uh honestly i think at michigan state like those fans are probably going to expect you to hit the ground running immediately at ohio state like nobody even looks at the basketball program until february (laughs) (laughs) no one looks but there's a top seven job yeah yeah what stands out for me and i think i had them eighth initially is you do despite what you're saying they do two years ago the average attendance was fourteen thousand. yep they pay their head coach multiple guys have won there jim o'brien had success that mata had success chris holton's having success you do have support throughout the entire athletic department and didn't go there can't speak to it but i've been told a great college campus as well unbelievable college campus uh arguably one of my favorites given that i went there and i absolutely (laughs) love it um but man it's just incredible and the other thing about this is like look i don't like the arena like schottenstein center is not very good it's kind of like it's kind of cavernous like i think that that's the reason that like i had it below indiana um which is still coming on this list like it's just like cavernous in a weird way to where like the fans, like you go to Duke and the fans are just fucking at the like court level, right? There's right yeah, on top smaller, of people. Smaller, but yeah. Right. Fog Allen, it's just right on top of people. Like the Schottenstein Center is more of like an NBA arena to where everyone's kind of like pushed back a little bit and it's not as, you don't get that cr- 
crazy home court advantage, unfortunately, that you get at a lot of colleges. But I just think that given the crazy intense resources, it's like knockoff Texas in terms of <laughs> like college E-ray Texas top five job. Yeah. College basketball jobs. Like you're going to get every single thing that you need there. You're going to get time to do it. And there's enough talent there to where you can go out and get kids. Like it's just kind of, it's kind of everything that you're looking for. I think from a job, if you're, um, if you're looking for a job as a head coach, it just doesn't have that like crazy fan base and crazy home court advantage. Yeah. Just lacks that crazy blue blood pop, I guess, of the home court arena of maybe a place like Michigan state where you said the, the fan base pushes it over the top on campus every day. Yeah. And look, they've been to, I think it's like five national title games. Like the history's there too. Um, you know, they have pros, like you don't have to worry about that. Like that, it's easy to sell the fan base. You know what I mean? Like it's, of course. Yeah. It, it's, it's a good job. Okay. Let's take a quick commercial break and then we'll be back with the top seven. Okay, number seven, Indiana. Are Indiana fans going to be angry, or are they going to that they're this low, or are they going to be like, oh yeah, like this is probably a little too high? Like I can't tell. Mm, with Indiana, there's fans. general anger anyway. I feel like, and that's part of the the highs and lows of taking the Indiana job. That people do think that it's still the Bob Knight era, and it should be as successful as they were during that time. So you'll probably have a mixed bag of highs and lows. This is another job where I think we're still trying to figure out how good the job is in the post Bob Knight era. And it's been a while, by the way, like Bob Knight has been gone for two decades now. It's kind of crazy to think that, but like Bob Knight has not been there for two decades and Bob Knight very clearly raised the level of the program to an exceptional like high. And because of that, a crazy amount of resources come in. Assembly Hall is a really great place to go watch a basketball game. Um, the fans are incredible. They really care. Like the fan base there is unbelievable. You're going to have guys showing up every single game and you're not going to have to worry about it. They're going to pay. Like Woj just reported that Indiana was willing to offer Brad Stevens like $70 million. Um, they're paying Mike Woodson, I think, like $3 million a year. It's unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable how good that job is, given that, like, it is, like, look, it's not in the middle of nowhere necessarily, but, like, it's in Indiana. It's in more of a rural state. But the state is so basketball crazy that it's a self-sustaining recruiting place, too. This yeah, job really you, has... You get those kids, yeah. I would say that like there is like a mini tier here from twelve to eight for us, and then like seven six five is another tier, and then the top four are a tier beyond that. Even like I would say like this is a Indiana's job is just exceptional. I think I think it's a really good job. The Hoosier hysteria. The state is obsessed with basketball all the way down from youth to to high school basketball games as well. The kids grow up or should grow up dreaming to play for Indiana. They've 
had some success, more success lately with in-state kids. Mike Woodson hit the ground running, and who said he had to hit the ground running, he did with a with a good staff and retaining kids, and just got Tamar Bates to commit. That kind of speaks to when a kid like Tamar Bates, who had an unbelievable senior season just now at IMG Academy, and was was committed to go to Texas and decommitted with a coaching change to consider indiana with everything that he had i think also speaks volumes to the the history of it and now you have a a former nba coach and they have all the pieces there you have a rabid fan base that it's it's a top five-ish job regardless of kind of the facilities and what i would say is at times unreal expectations Uh, i'm just gonna note too uh tamar bates is really good (laughs) Like, yes, he is. Yeah. And, and you know, you know my favorite part about him is he's gotten so much better. He played on Under Armour Circuit with Casey Run GMC and they lost a 17U year because of COVID stuff. When he played 16U, who's kind of just a, a mid-range shooter, but strong, tough. I liked him. thought he was more of a high major minus kid. And then when he ended up at IMG this year, I was like, whoa, buddy, this is a different player. Yeah. Like Tamar Bates right now is number 44 composite, it looks like. Um according to 247 he ain't that he is he is i don't know if i want to say drastically better than that but like ohio state has malachi branham coming in next year um i like tamar bates more than i like malachi branham unfortunately yeah as a player uh well with with tamar too and maybe we talk about a draft pod eventually he, he is this kind of culture carrier type guy where he plays so hard and he he raises the level of intensity on the court on both ends too like like Kentucky has like Nolan Hickman coming in. Um, I, I think that Tamar Bates is better than Nolan Hickman. Like I think that Tamar Bates is like a top twenty-five player in this class. I think maybe I haven't. I shouldn't say that because like I haven't seen all of the kids in this class necessarily as much as you have. Um, so I, I retract that because I just haven't seen enough of like the top <laughs> fifty kids. No, it's, it's it's difficult though because no one really has, and you'd be lying yeah. to say you are. They're they're limited scouting opportunities, and people have seen i'm sure they've, they've played on some national games but you haven't seen the the full spring and summer of all these kids and, and playing against each other too yeah um maybe the better way to put it is like tamar bates like of the guys i've seen that are in that like four or five like borderline area um tamar bates is better than most of them i would say um, should be a difference maker there yeah, should be a very real difference maker there. Okay, number six. That's an aside. Louisville. The reason Louisville is here is purely like they pump everything into that basketball program. No coach will ever go wanting for anything that they could ever want at Louisville. And the fans treat it like an NBA franchise. They're, Absolutely. Uh, it, they're they're rock stars. They're celebrities. You know, I, I don't know how you want to dictate the asterisks of vacated final fours and, and national championships but they have a they, they have a few <laughs> yeah two three eight final fours ten final fours whatever it, it's a handful you, uh the last you know what happened coaches. you know what happened in those games they won the games i don't get yeah, a that's, fuck that's about what they told me they, things. yeah they didn't do the the minority report or, or men in black thing to erase my memory so I, right to me they to me they still won the games and the last two coaches there have won national championships too if i'm not mistaken prior to to chris mack which shows the you're able to do that with with more than just one head coach yep no i think that's totally right um anything else on louisville it's kind of like a simple one like it's 
No, it's maybe, simple. Huge, huge fan support. They paid their coach well. Uh, it's it, it's in a region where they can go out and get guys, and they have. And there's there's success, a, a long run of success. They've pumped money into facilities, into their dorms, into their fitness stuff. It it checks a lot of boxes. Yeah, we might have messed up not having them ahead of Texas at number five. Texas is number five. Um, the thing about Texas is that a they will pay an insane amount of money. B the amount of money that they are willing to pay also filters into every single thing that they offer all of their coaches and staff. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but have you seen the coaching staff that Chris Beard has put together uh, at Texas? Oh, man. You, you haven't been on Twitter lately, but I sure have. Um, oh, man. Um, just, just an outrageous staff in every way, shape, and form. And the only way that you can get – Chris Ogden to leave UT Arlington. Chris Ogden was making, you know, real money at UT Arlington as a head coach. Jarence Howard was considered or is considered one of the like up and coming great recruiters in the Big 12. Rodney Terry was making, I think the number was like 700 at UTEP. This is the confusion of the the 1.1 million. He's he's making that much there and we're laughing though he's making more as an assistant coach now like um and then they have like ulrich maligi bob donwald eric is is really good who came with them bob donwald we're also missing that on the carryover for staff i'm assuming matthew mcconaughey is still on as minister of culture (laughs) if there's a better staff i haven't seen it no this is the best staff in the country and you said that i'm turning my phone off okay yeah i'll delete that <laughs> delete it um or keep running this is an incredible amount of resources to put into a staff the only way that you end up with a staff like this like most coaches wouldn't even like ask to get a staff like this they'd be like oh yeah like we can we go out and get like one or two of these guys the only way you can go out and get them is by putting like four million dollars into the um like bank of yeah, assistant pool. Yeah, assistant pool. Yeah, that's what it's called. My brain broke for a second. Um, and say, go get whoever you want. And like, so I mean, like, I'm sure you've like my text messages is blown up with like you know hearing what Chris Beard got in his like the amenities that Chris Beard got like in his um, contract. I mean, it, it's gonna be the the amount of money that you get to go to Texas is unbelievable. The amount of resources that you get is unbelievable. Um, and you get all of this while having a job where people like care about basketball in the Big 12 for sure. Um, and people care about basketball at Texas. But like, I mean, you're going to get some time because Texas football is everything. Um, it's the only thing that like truly matters. Um, the, the other thing is the downside of this is that yeah football is like the thing that matters but from what i gather like their home court advantage like isn't awesome either right no just digging through the the numbers their attendance was under ten thousand a night uh two years ago but going back to the the just the chris beard staff real quick too with him having the success at texas tech it, it probably also forced the hand of i'll come but this is who I want for my guys with me in the assistant coaches pool. And they're like, all right, if that's, if that's the number, that's what it takes. Like, we'll do it and talk about hit the ground running. Like they've brought in guys immediately and you're still in, and we said this about A&M, this talent rich state that's home to dozens of big 12 level talent 
players each recruiting class and now with the transfer thing a lot of guys want to come back home budget resources facilities you have kevin durant as an alum of the school it's it's right there the the fan support will get there if and when and it's more so when for me that chris beard and the longhorns get back to uh kind of this upper level of of program and school basketball wise that they probably belong in and then on top of that like you have all the recruiting budget you need as well. Like it's not just like assistant pool staff. Like Chris Beard is going to be able to go wherever he wants, whenever he wants to go get these kids. Yes, he is. And uh, I laugh because I, I think the article I read said that when he signed his contract, him and the athletic director were eating McDonald's breakfast in a hotel room. And then it said he signed for like $5 million. And I was like, I don't know how many McDonald's breakfast he's going to have after this, but good for him. Yeah. Probably still many because Chris Beard is who he is. It rules. Yeah. But, uh, nonetheless, like, I kind of thought that, like, I'd have Louisville and Indiana ahead of Texas initially. The amount of money that they've shelled out this offseason in their coaching search, just, like, it it has to push Texas to five. Like, I think it has to push them to the top of this, like, little mini tier. It's five, and maybe in three years we revisit this list. It could be a little sneaky higher, too. Yeah, it could be. Okay. Number four. And I think you could rank these top four teams in any order. I, I genuinely do. Um, I, I don't want to get yelled at. So I genuinely believe you could rank them in any order, period. Okay. Duke is number four. And the reason for that is I don't think we know what the post-Coach K era is going to look like. And maybe that's like a little bit unfair, right? Um, this team is this is still a top four job in the country unquestionably because they're going to pour money into this program it is absolutely a flagship program within the entirety of college basketball and look like it had success before k got there like k is not the first person to go to duke and win games right like it happened it it, they went to the end not this level yeah yeah, like they went to the NCAA championship game under Bill Foster, like in 1978. Like it's it's not a uh, it's not a nothing job, and I think that like it's still going to be successful long term. But man, the much in the same way that John Thompson casts a shadow on the Georgetown program, I think that Kay is going to cast a shadow on the Duke program to where I just wonder what it looks like where when he's gone um they don't really have like a guy set up next which is fine like you don't have to have the next guy set uh most of the jobs on this list don't have the next guy set um but i i just don't know what it's gonna look like beyond that um and that that confuses me i, I don't know what to do with duke do you, the, the positives here are unquestionably that duke has like arguably like the best amenities in the country um outside of like one other program that'll be at number one and number two, uh, even like Texas, maybe you could <laughs> yeah, one case of that. Yeah, right. Um, you know, the home court advantage is unbelievable. An incredible home court advantage. Like it's splitting hairs at the top here. It's un- undeniably just like you don't, you can't go wrong picking one or the other. Um, but this program is built on K and it's, hard like it's hard to know what this is going to look like after i guess they're so synonymous with each other with duke and coach k and you can make the argument for a couple other schools where we'll mention here 
shortly thereafter, but he's been there since 1980. So for me, I guess it would be recency bias to say <laughs> for that long of a period of time, 40 years or whatever it is. But they've had 42 first-round picks. I think I counted 28 in the lottery, five national championships. The, oh, like We don't even have to, to run down the, the accolades of what they've been able to, to do. One of the best, if not the best, home court advantages in college basketball. They, they pay him uh, uh, plenty of money. I don't know what that number will be for the next head coach. But, yeah, just my hesitation is what it looks like for the person who has to fill Coach K's sneakers Whenever that actually happens, whether that's a, a guy within the Duke family or not, it's going to be a, a tough thing to kind of establish your own spin on things where if you talk a couple of these other jobs, immediately the new head coach can kind of say, we're keeping the, the past traditions, but this is the new way of, of doing it. And then on top of it, I mean, look, like this is Duke is one of the 15 best schools in the country, something like that, like 10 best schools. I, I don't know what the rankings are, right? Um it's hard to get kids into duke theoretically like theoretically yeah it, how, how much will that change if k leaves like will we yeah it could there, there are academic standards you can't just get anybody in and it, it is a little right. bit higher I, I don't know how it balances with some of the other places we've mentioned definitely somewhat of a concern i, I wouldn't call it like a, a crazy thing to worry about but it does give you a little bit of pause yeah and when we're talking about this top tier like it's all splitting hairs. You know what I mean? Like Duke has one of the, you know, two best fan bases in the league. It has, um, a history synonymous with success beyond only one other school in the league. And maybe even like two or three other schools in the country. Um, you're going to get, you're going to get exposure. If you go to Duke, like you're going to be seen everywhere. Um, Part of the brotherhood. You're part of the brotherhood at that point. Yeah. Um, the amount of money, the amount of uh, resources they throw into recruiting, the amount of um, like players in the area, by the way, too, like North Carolina. Um, you can go up the coast a little bit and find really good players. Like Duke is also a national brand to where even after K leaves, they're probably still going to be able to get players. So um, a genuinely elite job. I-, I had it just at number four and I had it below, for instance, Kansas um at number three so i'll let you take the lead on kansas uh what do you think of this kansas job james naismith the inventor of basketball coach there and started the basketball program in 1898 will chamberlain is an alum you have the allure of allen fieldhouse 15 first round picks since bill self was there like some of these others they are the show in town that's where people like really put you on this other pro athlete type of, of feel vibe. It, it doesn't feel like a, a college town. It feels like another pro team. You have a rabid fan base. Also gets very loud in there. And uh, the level of success Bill Self's had, I mean, kind of speaks for itself. They average 16,000 fans a night. They pay him a ton of money. Uh, I, I think that for Bill Self... Larry Brown has won there. I think the next guy, It's you never want to follow a legend like him either, but it's set up where if it were somebody, I'm trying to think of even like a name who could be. We don't have to do that right now. But it wouldn't be a, as big of a, a bump or an adjustment period as it would, I would argue, at Duke with like a coach guy. Okay, so the, the last coaches at Kansas. Dick Harp 
which what a name oh, wait what year what year was uh, that 1956 to 1964 okay good i was like i don't think i know mr harp okay <laughs> no not, offense not a, to dick harp and his family i i just it's a long time ago don't you don't know dick uh, uh unfortunately um so he coached wilt chamberlain so obviously went to a national championship game uh, yes lost by one point in triple overtime it's like the greatest game in NCAA history or whatever. Um, next coach, Ted Owens, went to multiple Final Fours. Next coach is Larry Brown. Larry Brown obviously won a title there with Danny and the Miracles. Roy Williams is next. Roy Williams, obviously, an incredible track record of success. Bill Self is next. Bill Self, incredible track record of success, national championship, 14 straight Big 12 titles. Like, it's a, it's a self-sustaining job at the end of the day. And then, like... After, uh, if you go beyond Dick Harp, it's William O. Hamilton, who I don't know anything about. Let's just be very clear about that. Um, but the coach before that is Fog Allen, who has the co- the like damn court named after him. So <laughs> yeah, that helps. Yeah, like look, <laughs> it's just a the reason that it's ahead of Duke is that it's all of the same amenities, all of the same home court advantages all of the same um resources money pumped into the program national brand maybe you could make a case that like duke is the national brand of college basketball whereas kansas is like a top five national brand i won't parse hairs with that that's fine but every single coach at kansas has had a ridiculous (laughs) right right but that's kind of but we're saying that though I don't want to say it's unfair because Coach K's just been there for, for so long. But when you're there since 1980, it's like you didn't even have the opportunity for those next rung tier of guys to show that you can also do this at Duke. Yeah, I get that. I think that's reasonable. I also went back to 1956. Yeah, you dug. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I, I totally get that. And I think it's, like, completely reasonable um, for you to bring that up. Um, number two. North Carolina. I'll let you take the lead on North Carolina. I went back and forth initially with Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, what that was. Because, yes, it it, it is splitting hairs. And if those – I mean, well, North Carolina just did open. They kept in the family with elevating Hubert Davis. Duke and Kansas, the line would be significant for really upper-tier head coaches, maybe NBA guys trying to get those jobs. With North Carolina, the pay was very good. I'm sure Hubert Davis still being paid well. 20,000 fans a night, seven national championships. You have the Michael Jordan affiliation. You have the mystique of the Dean Dome, the history of, of Dean Smith there. You get kids on campus and they can breathe in that this is the place that, that Michael Jordan played. The national championships were won. You're in a great area. You are the show. It's not a football school. This is a, a basketball school. There's everything that you would need as a recruiting tool in base at that school than I would say almost anywhere else than maybe the the number one school on the list. I, I think it's very close with Duke, but I I, yeah. get, I did give North Carolina a little bit of a nod. I think all three of these are just so close. Like it's really splitting hairs. The reason that I went I gave North Carolina the nod was just like the history of pros versus Duke's history of pros. And I think that as we enter an era where more and more kids only care about getting to the NBA, that it wouldn't surprise me if like North Carolina being to pitch, being able to pitch uh, Michael Jordan, etc., uh, 
is a little bit more effective than Duke, but Duke has also built like a national brand on like the one and done. Um, right. Yeah. It's, I mean, you have, it's, you have Zion Williamson, you have Brandon Ingram, you have Jason Tatum, like they've been able to do it recently yeah. too, but sure. The, the depth of North Carolina with maybe more success through the years and, and Duke was knocked on that for a while, but they've definitely turned the corner into being really good, productive pros. It, and look, by the way, like North Carolina has had incredible highs with two of their long-term coaches. Like Dean Smith was there, wins many, you know, whatever, like multiple national titles, etc. Right? Um, Roy Williams is there, wins multiple national titles, unbelievable success, etc. They had the down period with two coaches in the middle there, with Bill Guthridge and Matt Doherty, to where it wasn't as successful, right? Like we don't necessarily know talk about for that, sure. yeah, <laughs> right. We don't necessarily know for sure. Like th- this job has proven, maybe is the way to put it, that it's not a guarantee that you're going to win games every year. Um, in North Carolina, it's pretty close. Like, look, Bill Guthridge went twenty, went eighty and twenty eight in his three years, um, tied an NCAA record for most wins by a coach after three years. Went to a Final Four twice in his time. Um, and then he retired. So, like, look, like Bill Guthridge was not a bad coach, but Matt Doherty era didn't really work. And part of the reason the Matt Doherty era didn't really work was that Bill Guthridge like wasn't recruiting as well when Doherty got there. So I- I'm I'm just saying like this job is not immune to downturns necessarily either. But I do think that there's a bit more of a track record of certainty that it will be good going forward now with Roy gone than I do that Duke will be like at a top five level with K departing at some point, you know, within the next 10 years. I don't know when K is going to leave, but five seems like a short amount ten, of time ten, for some yeah, reason to me. Ten's a long time. Yeah, I know. Even five is a long time, but like doesn't seem like K is anywhere near stopping. Um, yeah, it's really close. Like, honestly, I mean, you want to rank Duke at two, I get it. Yeah, there's there's downturns, too, and the team we may mention next, like they've they've sure. had their moments, too, where they haven't been as, as elite in, in top five teams, and Duke's had their bumps here and there, too. They'll, they'll have down seasons, but, again, just the history is always going to carry these teams and, and keep them in the same conversation. And it, it'll be hard pressed for, I would just say like these top four to kind of have somebody else enter the conversation. I think so too. I, I think these are like the clear top four jobs in the country. Um, all time. The Carolina Duke rivalry is one fourteen or one forty one and one fourteen in favor of North Carolina. So there, well, there's don't, they always, don't they always throw up that graphic. Like the, the last, 20 games the score is yeah 1072 to 1071 it's like i don't know who's who's keeping these stats handy and ready to go but yeah it's there i don't want to say interchangeable because they'll go nuts that one's a public school one's a private school and we have this you have that but there you can't escape each other when you're on tobacco road and so close yeah it's crazy that Two of the top four jobs in the country are this close to one another, just in terms yeah, of like and, geography. And, and students hang out at the the different schools too. It's wild. Yeah. Okay. The top jobs, Kentucky. Oh, I had to boo you. I had to give you some reaction because people probably knew it was coming. Yeah. I mean, just everything that you could want. They pay John Calipari eleven thousand hundred million dollars a year. <laughs> All um, the money. Yeah. 
do you know what John Calipari's buyout is? <laughs> uh, I do because I, I looked at it previous to, to us going on the air. But I'll, I'll let you unveil it because of the absurdity of the $11 million that he makes per year. Yeah, John Calipari's buyout's $54 million. <laughs> There's got to be some language in there where you can wiggle out of it, but that's uh, that's got to be comforting knowing that that's what it takes to get you out of there. Yeah, J- John Calipari, $54 million buyout. Shout out, John Calipari. Just flexing okay. yeah. on everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, look, Rupp Arena, incredible home court advantage. Incredibly, like, rabid, unbelievable fan base. They're trying to pay Orlando Antigua a million dollars a year to be an assistant there. They were paying Kenny Payne a million dollars a year to be an assistant there. Every single amount of money that you could want, every single dollar, uh, every single recruiting budget, every single assistant pool dollar that you could want, you've got it at Kentucky. Um, every amenity in terms of facility, every amenity in terms of um, like nutrition and what, whatever you're looking for. Like it's, it's Kentucky. Like it's unbelievable. They're actually, they were second in attendance just by like a thousand off to, to Syracuse for highest in the country for seasons. 31 first round picks under John Calipari, 19 of the lottery. They're in the sec have the eight national championships and the fans really, the, the support is is crazy, and I say that because I played there during the Tubby Smith era, two thousand whatever six or so, and two things really stuck out to me. First, they have like a, a program that you buy or or whatever that has the, the the pregame stats, and they have like a page for donors. And if you go to like some schools, the page will be like I don't know five names or whatever. They have like the tiniest print ever and squeeze like a million names into like five pages. Like that's how much people care about giving back to the program. We went and they weren't very good at the time. They still beat us by 20. But it was like 60 minutes to go on the clock. Normally you get out there shooting around. There's you know a few people there, some ticket takers, guys selling popcorn. It's filled. Like the, the place is wild. They have pyrotechnics. They have smoke shows, smoke going off everywhere. Uh, it's just an incredible atmosphere at Rupp Arena, and when they're when they're good, they're a little bit louder. When they're bad, they'll they'll still be louder, let you know, and they're not going anywhere. Last, uh, let's go back to 1930 at Kentucky. <laughs> we're, we're in like the 30s and 50s today. It's pretty good. Yeah, 1930 to 1972's Adolph Rupp, like you know, legendary all time coach. 1972 to 85 is Joe B. Hall. Joe B. Hall won a national championship. Eddie Sutton gets the job in 1985 for four years. Elite Eight, I believe, in the first year, and then was 25 and five in the third or fourth year, and then like had the like scandal or whatever, and they had a two two season postseason ban, like all all that thing. Um, Next is Rick Pitino. Rick Pitino won a national title, correct? Yeah, Pitino won a title, right? Yeah. I'm like losing my mind here for a second. Um, next is Tubby Smith. Tubby Smith won a title. Next is Billy Gillespie, which, uh, bad, bad, very bad. Um, yeah, B- Billy Gillespie was the wrong hire there. Uh, what a what a disaster. And then John Calipari, 2009 to present, uh, obviously has won a title, been to many Final Fours, and has built kentucky uh into the one and done brand that it is now so just ridiculous like it's absolutely unbelievable that since 1930 they've had one blip basically um in terms of it not working at kentucky 
it's just it's the best job in the country i think they, they also expect it to work though too i mean they, they do they, they they want you to win final fours they they prefer national championships and even when you have 25 wins they're gonna let you know about those five losses and if you lost in sweet 16 and you had all this talent all these first round guys why don't you do more so you, you do have to live with that and knowing that it, it's definitely camelot but the the fans there expect <laughs> they expect camelot on the back end too they want championships yeah um just absolutely insane in my opinion um okay that's the top 25 list who is going to yell at us most oh i i haven't really we, we've done mostly draft stuff so people for the most part are are pretty nice and pretty pleasant i'm <laughs> guessing <laughs> i'm guessing this is a different world for for me maybe for you i don't know nc state probably uh i don't think louisville fans will be that mad about where they are maybe indiana like i don't think any there's going to be any deep state like ucla fans mad about where they are yeah i don't know which one which one do you kind of think um you could tell me syracuse fans are upset at 20 um I, i think nc state fans will be mad um wisconsin and Purdue fans, I think, are the sneaky ones that yeah, some, might some really big ten. There's a lot of Big Ten love, and they weren't really mentioned in the same category, right. I guess. Yeah, uh, I have some concerns, but <laughs> this was fun. This was a perfect like downtime, um, like in the middle of like you know draft prospects just starting to work out, and also after the NCAA season, in the middle of the coaching carousel or right at the end of the coaching carousel, just kind of a perfect little. Um, little downtime activity i felt like for us to do on the podcast it was sort of like somebody dropped an idea in the ideas box and we just read it and said let's do that it's good yo you had the conversation me too let's do it let's do the ideas box it's amazing it's my favorite thing on the planet um penny tell the people what's going on in your life what's going on in my life just trying to gear up here for july live period dates stuff being lifted no more about that in the next few weeks but for the time being, I'm beating my head watching old game film and G League Ignite and Euro League and trying to just keep up on all the draft happenings on Twitter, Matt underscore Penny. Um, I'm there. I'm available. Don't yell at us too much. A little bit's good. Not too much. Go, go see Matt at one of his uh, events and yell at him, please. <laughs> yeah, you can do that. Hey, dummy. NC State should be 15. All right, man. Good to see you. He, he's the tall one. He'll be yeah, you'll find me. I'm the tall one on the sidelines. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, this has been the Game Theory Podcast. Please remember, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, I have a few things that have come out over the past week and weekend, and I think I have to file a mock draft early next week, which, uh, oh, boy, uh, that'll be that'll be enjoyable. Um, thank you for listening. Hopefully you don't yell at us too much. Until next time, though, we'll talk soon. Bye.